0: Number 173,
1: the one where we resolved to do more Theonauts this year. The
0: Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter.
1: Explore the vast reaches of God's word.
0: Oh, all you Theo heads I'm David Getty. I'm Jeremiah Orr, and together we are the, the
1: Theo. The Theo man. That was terrible, <laughs> dude.
0: I, I I tell you, I hit the button. Yeah, it just yeah, didn't sure. Fire.
1: I think it's I think it's a uh, mispractice. Like you you you're so out of practice. You yeah, it's, it's not working. Can't anymore. find the right button. I don't know what I'm the doing. Theo-not. The Theo not The Theo knots. Not not not. not. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, welcome back, it's a brand new year
1: It is, happy new year yes. Well, it's actually the 8th already, but it's kind of crazy Close enough It's moving fast already again
0: I know, man, it's like I can't keep up <laughs> So, uh, you know, we've had like multiple Christmas episodes before Right And this year we have one show in December <laughs> like
1: we did one One Theonauts all December <laughs> That's bad <clears throat> That's bad so, well, we've kind of been averaging that, too that's, that's not good Yeah Oh, well We'll get back into the swing of things Hopefully We get a lot of feedback A lot of people are like, hey Yeah, where are Post you some more stuff and Suggestions, oh, good suggestions Yeah, really good ones And so uh, we'll get there It's just uh, getting back in the swing of things That's how it happens So Yeah And December I mean, that's the busiest time It's the most wonderful time of the year But it's the busiest <laughs> time of the year And so, you know <laughs> Especially doing the pastoral stuff and, yeah. and everything been else.
0: Like really busy with uh Christmas and Right. Um we had like um we had the nativity thing we were yeah. doing out here. We had the uh candlelight, candlelight service. service. How'd that go? And it went really good. That's awesome. Yeah, it was
1: this is the first year you missed it, wasn't it? I, I missed it. I was gone. I, I went to Kansas and so I enjoyed my dad's candlelight service, which is pretty much the exact same thing every year. <laughs> It was awesome, so it was nice. Blakely got everything her little heart desired for Christmas and more. And so, oh my goodness, that little girl spoiled to death. (laughs) She has so many mamas and papas and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's it's just crazy. Nana page.
0: My grandkids are the same way. They've got (laughs) grandparents on each side, great grandparents. Yeah, and so they're just inundated, right, with.
1: with, uh, With grands. It's nuts. And so she got a puppy, and that's yes. been, that's been fun for daddy. Yeah. Yeah, waking up every morning at 4 o'clock to take this puppy out and <laughs> make it pee. And then it, it likes to nibble on me at, like, 2 in the morning, and that's great. But if I put it down, it cries all night. And so it's like a half chihuahua, half uh – what is it? I, th- I think – Looking at its markings, I think it's a half Chihuahua, half Pug. That's what I'm going to go with. (laughs) Which makes sense. It's tiny. I can punt the thing a hundred yards. It does
0: have Pug coloring, Mm -hmm. but not very much Pug body shape. No, not a
1: lot of body shape. It has a lot of Chihuahua body shape.
0: It really looks like a miniature, like a super miniature uh, German Shepherd. Right.
1: Like that's, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that's It's awesome. Like,
0: it's like just just shrunk, like those. a
1: toy German Shepherd, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. It 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 fights like it thinks it's a German Shepherd. Man, that thing can bite. It drew blood on you already. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got uh, some markings <laughs> here on my forearm. It got my leg tonight. Horrible, man. Sharp little teeth. But then you know it doesn't even attack Blakely, which is good. So, that is good. Yeah, and Blakely beats the junk out of that dog. She grabs a hold of him and just holds him up and is like, I'm holding a puppy. You yeah. know what I mean? But she doesn't know how to That's hold a puppy. Um, and so uh
0: J- Jesse and Shepard are with their uh with their cat. You know, yeah. They're, they're like grab they like grab him like <laughs> underneath the arms like in a chokehold type right. of thing. <laughs> like that poor cat is gonna scratch the fire out of you.
1: <laughs> yep. And so yeah, it's been great. His name is Maximus Boomer or. Of course. (laughs) So, anyways, but how was your Christmas?
0: It was good. Yeah? Uh, Mostly it was all here, local. Yeah? I had, uh, my brother came in from uh, Oklahoma, and we had a Christmas with my parents. Um, And then we had uh, Christmas Day over at my Mm in-laws. And, of course, my daughter and and, um, son-in-law... Of course, my son were at all of them right, so I got to see you know the grandkids like
1: the whole the whole Christmas time, mm-hmm. so
0: it was really it was really neat that's nice, and so yeah, but we didn't really go venture off too far, just yeah. you know right around the house, which is a good thing that's neat. although I do need a vacation I like i'm I'm ready to leave like you know normally <laughs> I go to Haiti a couple of times a year, yeah, and that in a way. Is an escape. Sure. It's not your normal vacation, but it's like a Right. I mean it's an escape from the norm and Mm -hmm. and I haven't had that this year. Like it's been over a year since I've been over there. So I'm kinda going stir crazy. I'm ready to hit the road, do something.
1: Get a bike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just get me a motorcycle and just, you know cruise the open road. See ya. Yep. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that feeling. So, but
0: okay. So Kevin is uh, going on a mission trip. Yeah, in the end of this month. Actually, it's a week from tomorrow.
1: Seven days from tomorrow. Goodness yes. gracious!
0: So it's going to be right upon us. So uh, anyway, he is going to Zambia, Zambia, mm-hmm. uh, Africa, and uh, he's going with, of course, his his he has a passion for disc golf, mm-hmm. and so it's a disc golf. Ministry it's kind of cool
1: Angel, uh, uh, eagle's wings or eagles it
0: was a combination eagle's wings and push the rock is the is the umbrella company that is doing this but cool. uh, yeah it, they're like combining mm-hmm. the sport with benevolence and ministry wow so uh, or, or evangelism so it's like
1: it's the sweet spot for Kevin yeah perfect yeah
0: yeah so because it's it's allows him to do what he what he loves uh, recreationally mm. and spiritually. So, um, so it just all kind of right. is That's blending good. blending in good. So uh, if you're listening, uh, pray for my son who yes. will be traveling. This is like the first time he's ever gone on a big trip like this without us or right. anybody he knows, really. I mean, he's going with a bunch of strangers right. to another continent.
1: <laughs> right.
0: But it's going to be an adventure. They get to see um, Victoria Falls.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: so uh, that's gonna be gorgeous. Like the, the big, the biggest falls in the world, right? So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, that's awesome. Lots of interesting. Definitely things.
1: Pre- be in prayer for him. So yeah.
0: So are we ready to make some resolutions? Let's do it.
1: All right. So it is the new year. Did you make any resolutions this year, David?
0: Not really. I mean, I'm, I I make some, I guess, in my own mind, in my own, like, nothing that I just...
1: Sat down and wrote, I used, this year yeah, I will. You
0: know, I used to do that. I used to do that type of thing. Really? And and then I, I kind of got, well, it was like like most people, you fall out of it. Like right off the bat, right. Like you, just, <laughs> like it doesn't take long at all, and um, and so I kind of saw it as a kind of a fruitless venture endeavor, you know. <laughs> but um, maybe if I did it in a little different mindset, because I used to do it as like a personal resolution. Right. Maybe if I did it like an oath to God. Uh-huh, it would be different for
1: me, you and your oaths to yeah, because
0: i I that actually works really well for me whenever I <laughs> if I make a promise to God, I feel like super condemned if i <laughs> if I venture away from it, I don't know. I can't so funny. I can't really, because we were just talking before right. the show about how legalism I have come from legalism and I've come from non-assurance. Yeah. and now I'm like super assured, right. And like, I never really feel like, Oh, I've gone too far, I've lost my salvation, or you know, uh, <laughs> I must not really be a Christian. And like those thoughts never hit my mind anymore. Right. But still I feel very convicted, I guess, is a better word. Sure. I feel very convicted if I make a promise to God and then Don't hold step away it. from that. Yeah. So I have to do those things in bite-sized chunks. I can't be like, "Rest of my life, I will." You know, I can't do that wow. because I would kill myself yeah. with it. But but if I if I say, "Okay, the next month, next week, next uh, the next uh, three months or whatever, I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna do that, and you know whatever," then um, I, 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 I tend to have a a good success sure. rate. Well, that's cool. Which actually makes it a little tug of war. Yeah. Because then you're like, should I actually make this oath or not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. So, yeah, for me, it's it's the same thing. And I, I do. I tend to make New Year's resolutions or just, you know, this time of year always <laughs> makes you think, okay, it's, you know, it's kind of like fresh, new. Mm-hmm. What, if there's anything I could change, what, you know, what would I what would I change about myself? Or, right, and usually, but I am terrible at any any kind of keeping of a resolution. So I just I kind of fallen away from even saying that. Right. But uh, and I guess that's kind of where I am. Yeah. Too. Whenever I was whenever <laughs> I was younger, especially in my early to late twenties, I I made tons of resolutions every year. I mm-hmm. told uh, I was preaching on this. Sermon, I gave the story of making a resolution and and telling one of my buddies, and we were over at his house, Christina and I, <laughs> and uh, and we're like, well, let's go to the gym right now. We're gonna start this, and so we took off towards the gym and passed an A and W root beer on the way. <laughs> And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and we let we said screw it, and we turned around and we went back to the A&W root beer. This is a true story. Got A&W uh, couldn't even make root beer it floats. Down we the didn't road. Even make it to the to the place, <laughs> and I blew my New Year's resolution right there of going to the gym and and dieting every day. And so we got back, and Christina uh, could immediately tell that I. I blew my resolution, no sweating or you know what I mean. It was right. just you know, it was, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm terrible. But that's that's been my track record the entire way through. And so I don't know about um, the listeners out there, but I think that that's true for the majority of people who make New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. unless they just finally are ready to go. All right, this is. This has to change. So this yeah. is what I'm gonna make. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, I used to like, um, I used to work out a lot. Like, right? And and I used to work in like Dallas every single day, and so it was really easy for me to go to Bally's before I went to work, and then I would shower there after. I mean, so I just did that. That was just a morning ritual. Sure. Like I was always at the club. Then I'd I'd do my workout, take my shower, go to work. That was just every day, and um, so I always hated this time of year. Because all these people, the club would all all of a sudden explode with people, like right. it would just be full of people, and you couldn't get on a machine, and you couldn't do this and <laughs> the there's this like ah, but you only had to wait, you only had to wait it out a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> and then it just went whoop, it was a big hockey stick, you yeah. know, type of uh, chart, like it would just like drop off like like crazy.
1: That's nuts. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty
0: it's pretty common, especially you know everyone. That's kind of what everyone makes the resolutions about too. Sure, getting in shape, getting in shape. I'm gonna get in shape. I'm going to lose some weight, you or know, you know,
1: money. It's one of the two things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get in shape, or I'm going to you know save money. And we don't make a lot of resolutions about relationships, except for if you're a single woman and you want to get married. This is the year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a man this year. This is it. This is going to be this my is my year. last chance. Oh my goodness! You can do this, <laughs> dear diary. Resolved get <laughs> a kid of man. So, uh, anyways, this line of thinking led me uh, down. Well, originally, so uh, two weeks ago, I found out I was supposed to preach on Sunday. So, this is one of those recycled sermons, by the way. Yeah. But uh, um, I found out I was supposed to preach, and I. Texted on band Kind of jokingly But kind of serious The 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 title of my sermon is New Year Same old crap Like Right (laughs) Right right. (laughs) Like when's it gonna change And so uh, But then uh, I I had a conversation with Christina That made me think of um, Jonathan Edwards So we were talking about Why all our resolutions fail Mm -hmm. And she's been listening to this Christian podcast And she talked about uh, this guy who was on there. Basically, he's talking about how nothing in his life changed until he made a made made a prayer and a commitment to God that he was going to focus on his his spiritual walk above everything else. And when he did that, his entire life changed. Uh, in fact, this is Jimmy Needham we're talking about, mm-hmm. by the way. And, in fact... He lost 40 pounds, and he didn't even try. He wasn't even mm. focused on that. Right. But it was part of just this, I want to focus on God and make God the center of my life and nothing else. And when he resolved to do that, everything else kind of started clicking. Yeah. And I thought, that, that kind of makes sense. It's kind of biblical, you know what I mean, yeah. when, you, when yeah. you start looking at it. So it reminded me of Jonathan Edwards. And so today, or this evening, we're going to talk about the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards and there's 70 of them so we're not going to like hammer them we're going to
0: painstakingly go through every one of them right,
1: right. but i wanted well, to
0: when you told me that you were when i asked you, you know, what you're preaching on and you said Jonathan Edwards the of course the first thing that comes to my mind is not resolutions
1: sinners in the hands but of the an sinners
0: sinners in the hands of an angry god and i'm like oh we're going to get some hellfire <laughs> brimstone this
1: week <laughs> No, so because I, I was doing
0: worship, but I was going to think, oh, how am I going need, to I need to pick some songs that really are, you know, turn and burn.
1: <laughs> I am a poor wayfaring stranger. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, so uh, a little bit of background about Jonathan Edwards. If you don't know him and or if all you know about him is Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, the guy was amazing. He was born in 1703 in East Windsor, Connecticut by 1716 he was doing his undergraduate that's 14 years old doing his undergraduate at Yale College that should tell you something mm-hmm. uh he finished that in 1720 from 1720 to 1723 uh, he started his master's degree or he finished his master's degree by 1723 um he became a pastor at 18 years old 1722 to 1723 he became the pastor of the Presbyterian Church uh, ministers, I forget the name of it. That's a, a small Presbyterian church in New York. Now, mm-hmm. this church was a church split that he was hired on as pastor after the church split. Right. And so, and he was hired by the minority group <laughs> that split off. Okay. So, that's always a good place to come in. He's not married yet. He's uh, he he just finished his masters in Yale, and he's eighteen, and he starts pastoring. I can't imagine. I mean, a pastoring a church split in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's crazy to me. He doesn't get married until seventeen twenty seven, mind you, and so uh, move past that. Right around this time, between. Um, 1726, 1727, no, I'm sorry, right around the time uh, seventeen between 1722 and 1727, he began writing the resolutions, and he finished them by, by 1727. But over that time, he wrote 70 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what <clears throat> happens after that? I mean, he becomes pastor of the First Church of Northampton um, after the death of his um of his grandfather, his maternal grandfather who was the pastor there. Stoddard uh, revival breaks out in his church. Then uh, George Whitfield comes and visits from New England, and they start preaching together. And Edwards preaches a sermon called "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," which becomes the cornerstone of the First Great Awakening, right? Um, and changes the face of the United States. Um, it, it's a huge, and you can, you can just Google the First Great Awakening yeah. and read about the First Great Awakening, or listen to
0: our Theonauts episode on it.
1: Oh, did we do the first?
0: We did. Uh, we did the church history. Church and history, and that was great, great awakenings.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was,
0: that was forever
1: ago. Yeah, that was early.
0: Wow. Yeah, remember we did the full-blown church history thing? We stepped through. That's
1: right, yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's crazy. Maybe
0: we need to go back and do that again. Probably.
1: (laughs) I need to listen to it again. (laughs) So anyways, uh, he got fired from his church in Northampton in 1750. Uh, By 1758, he died uh, from complications of smallpox and oculation. Um, But his legacy lives on as one of... The greatest premier American uh, Puritan pastors of of all time um, causing a great awakening. And so it's with that in mind that I started checking out these resolutions because it's very interesting these guy this guy by all accounts to me, you know, and I didn't know him personally, so I can't tell you whether or not, but by all accounts to me, it seems like he made these resolutions and kept them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which is, what's a big deal to me? So uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. My computer just froze. So why don't you read the introduction right before... Yeah.
0: So he said, uh, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will of Christ's sake
1: <laughs> for Christ's sake that's right
0: so this is a big thing uh, this is a recurring theme right by the way throughout all the resolutions <laughs> is is doing things unto the will of god for Christ's
1: sake right and that was a that was a big deal for him um, so at the onset he makes a statement, and it's funny that he, he makes resolutions, which are basically, I am going to do this. Mm-hmm. But beforehand, he says, I can't do anything. Yeah. You notice that? And so that was a that was something big that that hit me, was that he was first and foremost acknowledging that there's nothing that he can do without God doing it for him. Right. Right? And so... It's kind
0: of... A- the flip side of the whole uh, the whole scripture. I can do all things through Christ. It's the it's the flip of that, right? Right.
1: Like I can't do anything without Him. Exactly. And that's that's really what Jonathan Edwards viewed himself uh, as being. Now, this guy. If you want to talk about spiritually disciplined, the story goes that if you walked into his office, there would be holes uh, in the carpet besides a certain beside a certain chair and that was his praying chair mm-hmm. right he spent so much time on his knees in prayer that he wore, he wore holes, in, holes the in the carpet yeah the, uh there're stories that he he wore holes in his his pants and that, that his wife had trouble keeping up with uh <laughs> patching patching <them>. his <laughs> pants <Right. laughs> because and so that's what kind of spiritually disciplined guy this is and for him to say i can't do any of it without god is is a big thing, and well, and that's
0: part of the reason why he can acknowledge that, right? You know, you spend a little time in prayer,
1: <laughs> you realize you it. start finding things out about yourself, right? <laughs> Amen. So, uh, all right, so you picked out fifteen, and why don't we? Or so, yeah, why I don't mean, we go through the ones you picked out? How about that? You want to do that? All right, and then I'll I'll talk a cup co- about a couple that just. Okay, well, I left out me. the
0: first few because I figured you would hammer on Yeah,
1: I'll hammer on those. That's where I was going to go. Okay, so,
0: so uh, do you want to do those first, or do you want to come back to them?
1: Sure, I'll do those first, and then we can do the 15. How about that? Okay, that'll work. All right. We have this totally planned out, as you can tell. Yes. That's how we roll. Which is the way we like it. Exactly. So um, the very first resolution uh, that he writes is is a tone setter for the, the entirety of of this document. Uh, And you can, again, you can go online and you can find it in modern language or you can find it in the original language. We're going to use the modern language because uh, we're not fancy KJVers. And if you want to do fancy KJV language... I wanted
0: to, but Jeremiah was like, no.
1: Yeah, well. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Why is my computer keep freezing up? All right, well, I'll just read it. Here we go. Resolved. I will do... Whatever I think to be most to God's glory, and my own good, profit and pleasure, for as long as I live, I will do all these things without any consideration of the time they take. Resolved, oh, I just skipped. That's so funny. We finished that computer, because my yeah. computer just resolved up. to
0: do whatever I understand to be my duty and will provide the most good and benefit to mankind in general. Resolve to do this whatever difficulties I encounter, and no matter how many I experience or how severe they may be. Okay. It's kind of an all-encompassing first resolve.
1: Yeah, that first resolve covers the rest of it, (laughs) in in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. The first thing uh, I, I note about this is he says, I will do whatever I think to be most to God's glory and my own good. Now, you could read that two different ways. Mm-hmm. You could read that God's glory is over here, my own good's over here, and I'm going to try to do and please both yeah. of these things. Or? Or you can read it the way he meant it, <laughs> which is I will do whatever I think to be most to God's glory because that is to my own good. Right. He viewed his own good, his own profit, and his own pleasure to be through the syn- lens of- <clears throat> synonymous or through the lens yeah. of God's glory. So... <laughs> In other words, he wanted to live his life in a way that God's glory was of the utmost importance to him beyond anything else. And you can tell that because in the next statements, do whatever I understand to be my duty and it will provide the most good and benefit for mankind and glory. Uh, general, that's focusing on God's glory. Do this whatever difficulties I encounter. So how can your own good... Be with difficulties, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But the thing is, is if you're focusing on God's glory and you're viewing that as your best good, then you're going to encounter difficulties and pain and suffering. Right. And torment. And Which, and so he says, I'm going to do this no matter what I experience or how how experienced my difficulties should be. So uh, Well, it's
0: kind of like you know a reflection of like Romans eight, where it says um, that all things work toward the good of those who love the Lord. That doesn't mean your life's going to be good. It's not the Joel Steen You have your best life now. Statement. That's that's a statement of um, it's to your good. Right. Like all things work toward your good if you love Christ. Christ. So it's yeah. it's like it might be a difficult time for you but yeah. it's to your advantage it's to your good which he hits in some of these resolutions too he's like oh, I'm, i I want to learn from you know these <laughs> exactly these difficulties
1: right and so <laughs> he's he hits me right off the about with a man who is focused on god's glory and so that's an echo of his uh, understanding of the westminster confession the lower catechism which the number one the chief goal of man is to glorify God, and enjoy him forever, right? So that was what Jonathan Edwards was all about, was God's glory, because that was his chief end. That was his goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, resolved, I will continually endeavor to find new ways to practice and promote the things of Resolution (laughs) 1. So he's, in other words, Resolution 2, ditto, Revolution (laughs) (laughs) 1.
0: Endeavor to find new ways. In other words, I'm not just going to hide out and be passive about this. Right. So it's like you can either let life happen to you or you can dive into it. Right. And I think that that's the the cool thing about resolution 2 because it's saying you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying I'm going to do, but I'm going to seek opportunities right. for that. Right. Like even if that's painful, like yeah. I'm even if it's difficult, I'm going to seek after those things.
1: Right. And uh, it's living a life of ferocious Desire to glorify God and Mm -hmm. seeking after new ways to do it. Number three, I love this one. Resolved, if ever, really whenever, (laughs) I fail and fall and or grow weary and dull. Whenever I begin to neglect the keeping of any part of these resolutions, I will repent of everything I can remember that I have violated or neglected as soon as I come to my senses again. (laughs) I love that. As soon as I come to my senses again, so whenever he's he's basically saying I'm going to screw up,
0: temporary insanity.
1: I'm going to fail because I'm human, but whenever I come to my senses, my God-given Holy Spirit convicting senses, mm-hmm. I'm going to repent and I'm going to continue going on. I'm not going to let it stop me in my resolve to do what's glorifying to God. Which is
0: which is good because you know a lot of the times we get into this this um, this mindset of well, you know, I've gone so far and I've I've done all this and there's no, you know, wh- why even try? Right. What's the sense in even going far, further? I've already messed up too much or whatever. And um uh, and this is like a resolution not to get into that mindset yeah. to keep pushing on no matter what.
1: Exactly. Um resolution number 4 Never to do anything, whether physically or spiritually, except what glorifies God. We have a recurring theme, right? Yeah. Never to do anything except what glorifies God. In fact, I resolved not only to this commitment, but I resolved not even to grieve and gripe about these things, if I can avoid it. <laughs> in other words, oh, I guess I have to glorify God in this manner, so I better not, you know, uh, and grieve and gripe. But his right. resolve is to not even complain about doing... What God has called him to do? So,
0: you preached on this on Sunday. Yes. And then we had a um, a meal afterward, mm-hmm. and we're sitting in there, and I'm sitting next to this older gentleman in our congregation, and we're having uh <laughs> we're having our food there, and I went and got dessert, and this dessert was like it looked so good. Yeah. Like it was Reese's uh, cake, like like Reese's peanut butter cake. Oh. And I was like. Oh, yes. It's, so You will be mine. Yes, because well, <laughs> I love me some Reese's, right? right. In, in a cake? Yes. Oh. So anyway, I get a piece of that. I go over there and I start eating it. And it's like, this is chocolate cake. Like, I'm not even really tasting any any peanut butter. And so I'm sitting there and I was like, you know, this, this is just a marketing thing. Like, there's no, even, there's no good Reese's in this. There's a <laughs> few Reese's pieces on the top of it. And the old guy looked at me and he was like, were you not listening about grieving and about not gr- resolving not to grieve and gripe <laughs> and i was like back oh <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> it's so funny but eat I your cake to the glory
0: of yes, god and i don't shut up. i don't think reese's was to the glory of god so maybe i'm allowed maybe i'm allowed there Uh-oh, maybe i, I shouldn't think,
1: have even been eating it probably not so. a, if you can avoid it uh, All right, so number five. That's a great story, by the way. I'm glad you told me that now. (laughs) Number five, never to lose one moment of time, but to seize the time to use it in the most profitable way I possibly can. Wow. Which, again, echoes back to number one, which is to glorify God. Um, Because that's the most profitable use of your time, right? And this is probably one that I'm terrible at more than any other not to lose one moment of time, because for me, I sometimes my goal is to finish everything so I can sit on my butt in front of the TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm going to hurry up and uh, vacuum the living room and make sure that I get all my stuff done so that I can chill yeah. and watch TV. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing all the time, but if I were to do this resolution... Yeah. I don't think watching TV is really glorifying God with my time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyways, that one slapped me in the face. And number six, I'm going to stop right here for a little bit. Kay. Resolve to live with all my might while I do live. That one's probably my favorite. Besides, It's short, it's simple, it's to the point. <laughs> it is. Resolve to live with all my might while I do live. For Jonathan <clears throat> Edwards, again, he viewed... Doing what he was created to do, which is to glorify God, living with all his might, not you know making the most money he could, not getting the hottest Betty he could, not uh, you know uh, having a million kids, a four hundred one k, or the best job, or being happy and satisfied in his quote unquote work. Yeah, he viewed glorifying God with his entire life. As living with all of his might
0: mm-hmm. And there's there's another concept in there That I really, really like And that I think too few people Really get their heads around Enjoying life And I don't mean, you know The the trappings of it But I mean just Life in general Like there's a song that I, I heard here while back That um, I really thought was, was cool It's a really short song like the, the lyrics, the, there's not a whole lot of them, but it, but it says in there, um, you know, how beautiful it is that we even exist. Mm. And that line stuck with me. It's like, it's a beautiful thing that life even happens. And so uh, one of the things I kind of get out of that resolution is like, spend quality time. Like, like live to the max like enjoy life and I don't mean just go have fun but I mean you have fun because life is exciting right to you and and so you know yes you might take a risk but be risky I mean it's life is to be enjoyed and God created it that way and and so like all these things that that God is, has has Designed for us We just dive into it You know Right But I think so many times We get into these routines And then we're in a rut And we You know We work We go home We chill We go to bed We work We go home We chill We go to bed It just becomes this 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 pattern uh, And And, it, and it's kind of like I was saying I need a vacation Like I need to go Like I need to I need to escape <laughs> Right <laughs> I want I want to live life Which to me Is not my mundane job. You know, it's I, I want to to actually do something and live. And even yeah. if that's a mission or if that's vacation or if that's, you know, to me, they're all the same. We 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 divide all this stuff into secular and spirit and sacred uh categories, but really with God, they're all the same.
1: Amen. You know, that's if
0: he's right. the, if he's the Lord of there. So we're gonna go through uh these that I have listed
1: or yeah. that I picked here. Do years.
0: Okay, we both had talked about uh, resolve number eight. So yeah, that's just I a couple love that. that. <clears throat> so resolve number eight says to act in all respects, both in speaking and doing, as if nobody had ever been as sinful as I am. And when I encounter sin in others, I will feel, at least in my own mind and heart, as if I had committed the same sins or had the same weaknesses or failings of others I will use the knowledge of their failings to promote nothing but humility, even shame in myself. And I will use awareness of their sinfulness and weakness only as an occasion to confess my own sins and misery to God. I think that's one of the best ones in the whole list, actually. That's such a good one, yeah. So one of the things that that that, that hits me about this is... I've, I've been a big proponent about uh, understanding the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Because having sympathy for somebody is one thing, and it's it's actually quite easy to have sympathy for people. You know, it's like you feel sorry for their situation, or you feel sorry that they're in the situation they're in. But empathy, empathy is when that goes a step further. It goes to the point to where you actually hurt because they hurt, or you're happy because they're happy. You... you empathize with them. And so you put yourself in their shoes. And so, man, that's easy to, that's easy to do whenever someone's having a good time. We want to have, be happy with them, but it's not so easy to do whenever things are bad and, uh, or if they are sinning because we want to be in that judgment seat then right. because then we want to start saying, oh, at least I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, and and so that's where the self righteousness starts kicking in. But if we can get to the point where we're empathizing with people on their needs, on their joy, and in their sinfulness, like, um, you know, I'm thinking of of things like benevolence. So it's really hard to give money to somebody that you know is not going to use it. Like, if, like if some for the right reasons, right? right yeah. Because we have this moral standard that we're imposing on our gift. Yeah, like we're, we're like okay. Uh, I know you're a bum, but if I just give you $20, you're going to go buy more alcohol with it. (laughs) And all of a sudden that becomes like a a judgment call. And then we we justify our unwillingness to give it to them like, okay, well, we're an enabler if we give it money, you know, whatever. But we don't actually put ourselves into that person's shoes and realize, you know, what if I don't have – a house to go home to. Right. I don't have a, a lazy boy to sit into. I can't go chill out in front of the TV. The only joy I'm going to get out of this life might come from a bottle at this point. Mm. So you know, it's like whenever you actually are in there trying to think the way they think or or whatever, all of a sudden it's harder to sure. to cast that judgment. And then and it is exactly what he's saying. I see their sins but I'm no, I'm no better than that. Sure, my sin might not be that one, but I'm just as bad mm. over here, and maybe I should have a little more grace or a little more mercy. So I, I think this is one of the better ones that I read in here, because <clears throat> this is really hard to do.
1: <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible without God's help well, to amen. look at somebody yeah. and go, uh, you know, look at the prostitute or look at the... You know the person that that's caught in the most heinous sin you can mm-hmm. murder or whatever, and go. My sin is no worse than that, or their sin is no worse than mine. We are, we are on the same level.
0: You know, and we we use this example, or at least I do, quite a bit, probably on the show quite a bit. But uh, you know the the woman who comes in to Simon the Pharisee's house when Jesus is there, and begins to wash Jesus's feet and cry over him mm-hmm. and all this sort of thing and this story kind of hits right into this resolution because Simon had no compassion in the situation. That's right. In fact, he started doubting Jesus's position as a rabbi or mm-hmm. of a, as a prophet because he was saying if this guy really really was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman that is. Right. Like he was casting judgment even in his heart he wasn't even saying it jesus you know read his mind <laughs> and saw where it was coming from but the argument that jesus makes he says like what have you done for me since you've been you've been here you've been a, a courteous yeah. host but you haven't actually washed my feet or or done anything that she's doing and why because she understands that she needs forgiveness amen and you don't and that's the when when where there's a lot of forgiveness there's a lot of love and what's God all about? Love. Love. So, yeah. It's, anyways, I know we spend a lot of time talking about this one, but I think it's one of the bigger ones.
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. That
0: that we should get our hands around.
1: All right. What else?
0: Okay, number 13. Uh, resolved. To be endeavoring to discover worthy objects of charity and liberality.
1: <laughs> okay. What's your take on that? Well, it's
0: another really short, simple one. Right. Um, and, and the thing is, how often do we help when someone asks that's you know when someone comes to you and says oh man i'm on i'm um I'm, I'm down on my luck i just need 20 bucks i just need you know whatever and we're generally pretty receptive to that type of thing sure but what is resolution here is to endeavor to discover worthy objects to
1: be actively looking
0: yes so in other words don't just don't just be passive or reactive, be proactive in right. it. Like go find someone to help. And again, that's unnatural. That's not what the that's not what the common Christian does, right? The common Christian is, oh yeah, I gave it the office, or you know, I I help when people need it, you know, <laughs> but but there's a difference whenever it's like it hits your heart and it's like I go I gotta go find somebody. I gotta go do something. I gotta go help somebody. Yeah. And that's kind of what he's saying to be resolved to. Is to look for opportunities. Be actively
1: seeking it. Yeah. That's good.
0: Uh, number 16, I thought was pretty good. Never to speak evil of anyone, except if it is necessary for some real good. <laughs> 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 so that sounds like an 18-year-old resolution. Oh, like, yeah. like, you sound like was like 18 years old who wrote that. But... <laughs> <laughs> but the but the thing that uh <laughs> that I like about it is his the the resolution just simply no specifics just not to speak evil of anyone. Yeah. That's so that is so hard to do. That's not our human nature. Right? We even do it without even thinking about it. And we don't yeah. even realize we've done it. And it's like, "Wait a minute. Should the, I really be talking about this person?"
1: The three words that come before this bless their heart. <laughs> Yes Or I have someone you need to pray for You need to pray for this You really need to be
0: praying for so-and-so Because they're really having a hard time right now Yeah Uh, Wow (laughs) So (laughs) Yeah And and you know I heard it said once that uh, Gossip Is the most damaging sin Of all And At first it doesn't sound right Like you think Oh Murder Uh Adultery. I mean, we we started listing all these that we consider, you know, big, big sins, and and, but we don't really think much about gossip. <clears throat> but you can destroy somebody. Oh yeah, just by, a, you know, a few words.
1: Well, and uh, if you look at Jonathan Edwards' life, uh, you'll see he was he was fired from his church mm-hmm. in Northampton. But if you look at the way that they fired him, he almost got bit because he did this. The people that came after him, he didn't fight back. All he said was, please, please, let me explain my biblical perspective so that you can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. In fact, he told them, I will resign if you first let me explain my biblical perspective <laughs> so that you can see where I'm coming from. And they didn't do that. He could have very well ripped into them, Fed slanderous lies, all you know, he right. could have manipulated the situation, but he was he held fast to this, he was faithful, mm-hmm. even to a fault, to where they kicked him out of his church because of it. You yeah, know? this is a pretty powerful thing, and so well, and it's
0: especially hard when someone wrong when you feel like you've been wrong. Oh, yeah, when you feel like somebody has taken advantage of you, mm-hmm. or somebody has, uh, or, or someone's just completely in the wrong in their argument. And it's it's so hard <laughs> yeah.
1: not to go and speak ill.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I've I've been in those situations where I've been called all kinds of names to I've been called a heretic, I've been called a destroyer of the church. I've been I've been called all kinds of of heinous things. And as a lover of God, that like, no, I mean I just want to like bow up. Right. And but it's so hard not to hold animosity toward those people and to tell others, hey. You know, mm-hmm. these people did this to me, and um, so, yeah, it's it's um it's a short sentence, <laughs> but man, it's so hard to do. But I'm really kind of kind of um, befuddled about the back part of that sentence where he says, "Accepted is necessary for some real good." <laughs> I'm, I kept trying to think when would speaking evil of somebody actually be a, a real good. Like- maybe
1: maybe if you have to. Well, he was Puritan, right? Yeah. So he's big on church discipline. Yeah. And well. maybe sometimes he had to speak ill of people for their good, for yeah, their to get them repentance, excommunicated. Right? <laughs> well, I think the goal was restoration. But yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyways, the uh, original language <clears> of <throat> that is resolved to speak never to speak evil of anyone, so that it shall tend to his dishonor more or less, upon no account, except for some real good.
0: Okay. So sometimes people need to be dishonored. In order for... In order for them, for good to be done to them. Right. That's his his taking. Okay. Okay. I got it. All right. Number 23. Frequently take some deliberate action something out of the ordinary (laughs) and do it for the glory of God.
1: This is so good. (laughs) This one blew my mind when I first read it. I'm like, whoa, man, you
0: are so like, okay, go ahead. Okay. So he says, then I will trace my intention back and try to discern my real and deepest motive. What did I really desire out of it? If I find that my truest motive was not for the, for God's glory, then I consider it a breach of the fourth resolution. <laughs> See above <you both.
1: laughs> to do everything for God's <laughs> glory. Yeah. which is the which fourth, is the fourth resolution. Yeah,
0: so um, so really the difference between this and the fourth resolution was that you take some deliberate action and that <laughs> you do something out of the ordinary. Which is, some of these have really that's what they've kind of been about, right? You know, um, because it's not ordinary. He's talking about being active and not
1: passive Though, again. But then... And in your intentions, that's what... He's, he's, he's talking about his intention. He's, he's like, I'm going to double and triple check myself to make sure I'm doing everything for God's glory. Because if I'm feeding that beggar and it's not for God's glory, then it's purposeless. Right. That's his motive. Yes. That's what he's thinking.
0: And that's a, and, and that's a really good thing. Yeah. Because... Uh, especially those of us who are in leadership type of positions, it is really
1: hard oh, yeah. for us
0: not to feed our own selves in oh, yeah. all of,
1: in all of this. Especially if you're a pastor, it's the number one easiest for me. Well, besides being on any kind of stage, I guess, but easiest way to uh, kind of you know become prideful. Mm-hmm. Yeah Because yeah. everybody's looking it's, to you Yeah, it's
0: easy When people are saying, uh, you know, great job, yeah. et cetera, et cetera That et cetera. music was
1: awesome sweetie.
0: Yeah, can you uh, can you come give that message at my church, yeah. you know, if a visitor comes in? I mean, it's just there's just like all Stroke this Stroke that ego it, it's, really, it's really hard not to take it personally right. And like, and be, oh, this is about me Right Instead of it being about, oh, maybe it was what God gifted me to say Yeah And not necessarily me Right um, So, yeah, that's... And that's a good thing. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's right. That's good. (laughs) Okay, number 25. Resolved. To examine carefully and constantly what the one thing in me is that causes me to doubt of the love of God, even the least little bit, and then to direct all my forces against it.
1: <laughs> I love that. I do too. Straightforward. God loves me and my my resolve is to remember and to fight against anything that tells me otherwise.
0: And this is this is a common thing. I mean, as a counselor and talking with people, you hear this type of thing all the time. You know, God's given up on me. You know, or God doesn't love me anymore. I mean, that type of, because people experience hard things, but that's life. Like, and some people experience really hard things. And when they come into you and they're asking, what is God thinking? Why is God letting this happen to me? And there's no good answer to those questions. Right. It, it becomes, um, this type of thing is very important mm-hmm. to, to realize that God really does love you. And that you just don't have as big of eyes as he has. Mm. Like, you, you can't see things as clearly as he does. And so um, he says, whatever this one thing is that causes me to doubt the love of God, even the least little bit. I love the, the strength in the language here to direct all my forces Mm. Against it, yeah. Like you have to call the army out in your soul. You have to like
1: rally, right? And it's just like the very next one to oust anything that I find that diminishes the assurance of God's love and grace. Yes. Like I'm going to get rid of anything that doesn't assure me of God's Mm -hmm. love and grace. And that's another really big one, by the way.
0: I think that's a highlight uh, in this list to me is that number twenty six, yeah, which you just mentioned to oust away anything. I find that diminishes my assurance of God's love and grace, and um, man, that is so important.
1: Yeah. So Jonathan <clears throat> Edwards again was was a Puritan, and he was. You got to understand, they took literal a lot of a lot of law. They they actually view things a little bit different than I view them as far as the law keeping law keeping goes. Mm-hmm. But he saw a sign of God's love and grace as keeping the law. Mm-hmm. Right. But he also understood he was he was grace alone. Right. And he believed in faith alone. And so for him, he had to constantly remind himself, even when I screw up and blow it, I am under God's grace and love. Period. And you'll see it throughout this as a, as a reminder. Now he's 18, 19 years old, and hard on himself. The dude grad he started college at fourteen years old. You got under. I mean, it's crazy. The, you know his his drive and his demeanor. Right. Um. I had, I had a young kid that I uh started a ministry. Well, started teaching whenever he was in eighth grade, all the way through and. Um, he reminds me a lot of this Jonathan Edwards guy, and he has a great passion and a drive. But I think he can get extremely too hard on himself yeah. when it, whenever he screws up or does anything wrong. And so, you know, you got to resolve to to assure it and make yourself to remind yourself of the assurance of God's love and grace, mm-hmm. even when you screw up. So,
0: yeah, I think that's that's very important.
1: Yeah. And Well, mainly because grace
0: isn't natural, again. No, it's th- not. It's um, nothing in society teaches us grace. Right. I mean, everything in society teaches us rewar- risk and reward right? and uh, punishment and, um, I mean, everything is based on merit. Yeah. There's n- nothing in life, really, in our general walk through life, there's nothing that hinges on grace.
1: <laughs> Radical grace. Yeah,
0: other than God. Amen. And so it's really hard for us to not think in terms of religion because, you know, whenever you think what what really the technical definition of religion is doing things to obtain God's uh, favor. Yeah. And that's not what God is about. Exactly. (laughs) So, okay, I'm going to jump all the way down to number 49. Okay. Resolved that neglect never shall be if I can help it. Again, I'd really like these short ones, yeah, because they're powerful, even yeah. though, even though they're they're short. But neglect is, again, this is I love these that are about being active in your in your walk and not being passive. It's really easy to neglect things. And sometimes you don't realize you're neglecting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever you realize you've neglected something, and he has some resolutions here about this by the way uh the the thing is you have to go back and correct those things you have to find those omissions you know if you're if you're if you're going to be adamant about uh this type of resolution not to neglect it if not to neglect if i can help it um man that's really hard <laughs> wow number 52 He says, I frequently hear persons in old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again. So, resolve (laughs) that I will live just as I can imagine I shall wish I had done, supposing I live to old age.
1: (laughs) So, um, That that sounds a lot like an earlier one where he says, resolve to live in such a way that I shall...
0: Uh feel like I wanted to On my deathbed When death I come die.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a um there's a, a, a song I'm trying to remember, it was by GS Megaphone, which is ten, fifteen years ago now. But anyway, uh there's there was a line in that song that, that always kind of stuck with me. He says, I want to live my life. As if I was, I turned 80 yesterday and God gave me the opportunity to go back and relive my younger days. (laughs) And because that's kind of what he's saying here is, you know, uh, imagining that I was old and then trying to decide what I would wish that I had done and go do those things. Makes sense. So it's a little roundabout way of thinking. Sure. But. It could get you to do some crazy stuff. People write, people write bucket lists. It's kind of the same type of thing, I guess. You know, um, have a spiritual bucket list, things that you wish you, you would have done. <laughs> right. It's awesome. All right, number 56. Resolved never to give up nor even slacken up in my fight with my own corruptions. No matter how successful or unsuccessful... I may be.
1: That's wisdom right there at, at such a young age to understand that you, you might feel like you're totally unsuccessful in the fight. You may feel like you're perfect in the fight. Mm-hmm. Either way, you should never give up or slacken. Right. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome.
0: Well, and the the it is really hard, you know, in the face of difficulty, um, not to give up. Right. I mean, there has to be some... Resolve, yeah, <laughs> like that's and and I guess to the point that he even wrote these seventy resolutions tells you that this is his mindset, you right know, not to give up, not to slack off, but in order but instead to fight my own corruptions, so first off, you have to acknowledge what your corruptions are, you have to acknowledge what it is that you are short in, like what is your weaknesses and where do you where do you fall short right um if you're not even acknowledging those things, you can certainly can't um you can't fight them and uh, so i think it's really important that we be honest with ourselves um and it, I like he, he also adds this little part about how no matter how successful or unsuccessful i may be uh you may be very successful because you're corrupt
1: amen <laughs>
0: and uh so it may be time to take a little you know even if you fear Losing some of your success or losing some of what you've gained, the important thing is that you fight against your own corruptions. Mm. So I liked that. Ooh, let's see. Number 58. Not only to refrain from an air of dislike, fretfulness, and anger in conversations, but also to exhibit an air of love, cheerfulness, and graciousness. (laughs) So this is going into... Um, the first thing that we want to do when there's something that uh, that we dislike is we want to gripe about it, be angry about it, you know, um, fret about it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And he's like, I'm not only going to refrain from that type of activity, I'm going to replace it with something else. I'm going to replace <laughs> it with, with an air of love, cheerfulness, and graciousness. So that's definitely Christ-like mentality sure. uh, all the way.
1: And you know we all have uh, conversations with we have conversations with people that we definitely don't feel like we want to have conversations with in that moment. And it's very easy to put on an air of dislike, fretfulness, and anger mm-hmm. in order to even e- either make the conversation go away quickly or to show that person our dislike of them, you know. Or I showed you yeah, or but but to choose instead to put on love, cheerfulness, and graciousness goes a long way and it changes the whole atmosphere. So it's pretty cool.
0: And to be honest, love, cheerfulness, and graciousness are much more powerful mm-hmm. than dislike, fretfulness, and anger. That's right. And sometimes those things are seen as weaknesses.
1: Mm.
0: And that makes it sometimes even really hard because whenever the things that you that you're choosing to do some are hard to do It's hard to be loving and cheerful and gracious Whenever you're up up against something right. That you dislike Or that you right. That makes you angry And so um, Some people may see it as weakness For you to be passive In those situations Or to be loving Be, mm-hmm. you know Gracious in those situations But It's really a strength And not a weakness Sure And when people don't see it that way It makes it really hard You know uh, the next one kind of rolls right into this same line of thinking. You can tell that he was in lines of thought as he yeah. as he numbered as he these. Progressed. Uh, so number fifty nine says, "Whenever I am most conscious conscious of feelings of ill nature, bad attitude, and or anger, I will strive then the most to feel and act good natu- uh, natu- naturally, naturally, naturally. Sorry at At such such times, I know I may feel that to exhibit good nature might seem in some respects to be to my own immediate disadvantage, but I will nevertheless act in a way that is gracious, realizing that to do otherwise would be imprudent at other (laughs) times, i.e. times when I am not feeling so irked.
1: (laughs) Wow. It's
0: very detailed. Yeah.
1: Um... He 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 was very self aware. Yes, he,
0: oh, he's definitely an existentialist. Like right. like he, <laughs> he examines every little emotion
1: <laughs> yeah. and feeling he has. It's pretty crazy. Um, to me.
0: And I think that he, that it's it's interesting here. He's almost saying he's going to put on an act, but that act will lead to genuine uh, things. You know what I mean? Because he says, "I will strive then." The most To feel and act good naturedly mm-hmm. Like even Like that's not what I'm feeling But I'm going to act that way Right I'm going to I'm going to force this If I have to Yeah And uh, so that's Definitely resolve um, And Oh this was one of the big ones for me Number 64 Resolved Whenever I experience those groanings Which cannot be uttered Romans 8 26 of which the apostle speaks, and those longings that consume our souls, of which the psalmist speaks in Psalm one nineteen twenty, I will embrace them with everything I have within me, and I will not be weary of earnestly endeavoring to express my desires, nor of the repetitions so often necessary to express them and benefit from them. So I thought this was really cool. Um, because he's basically saying whenever I can't... When I'm at my lowest points, whenever I'm at a place where I cannot even utter my requests or whenever my longing consumes me, I'm going to embrace that need. Like, I'm going to embrace that because that means I'm in need of God. Mm. So he says like I will embrace those with everything I have within me and not be weary of earnestly endeavoring to express my desires nor the repetitions so often necessary to express them and benefit from them. So it's like I'm going to I'm going to to be in that moment because if you think about what Romans 8:26 says it says that the spirit then intercedes on our behalf. Right. Whenever that in those moments that's where the spirit Intercedes in us,
1: yeah. And if you look at at Psalm one nineteen twenty, um, <clears throat> it basically says, "I'm in uh, I'm in desperate need, or I pant after your rules. Mm-hmm. My soul is consumed with longings for your rules at all time. Yeah, right. So he sees these as actual positive forces in his life working. To bring him closer, yes, to God, yes, and so he's going to chase after these longings and these desperate groanings, uh, and and like run hard after them. And I think he did, man. Mm-hmm. If you think about his his life, he was so focused on on that connecting his 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 heart and his mind with with God through the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, well. you know, David said. Um, you don't want sacrifice in Psalms 51. He's, he was like, you, if you wanted sacrifice, I'd give you sacrifice. But what you want is a broken and contrite heart. And that's what Jonathan Edwards is basically saying. I want in this resolution. I, I want to be in that place where I am in need of God. And I'm embracing that need of Him because that draws me uh, closer in all respects to Him. Um, Man. The next one, resolve number 65.
1: 65. I love, see Dr. Manton's 27th sermon on Psalm 119. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It says, To exercise myself in all my
0: life long with the greatest openness I am capable of to declare my ways to God and lay open my soul to him, all my sins, temptations, difficulties, sorrows, fears, hopes, desires, and everything in every circumstance. The thing to me is that God knows these things anyway. Right. Like, he knows your heart. He knows what you are in need of. This goes in so well with the previous resolution. So whenever you are hurting, when you're sinful, whenever you are uh, desiring something, uh, he already knows all that. And the best way to come in close with him is... Is to acknowledge to Him, to speak with Him, to talk with Him, to groan with Him, to to say, "This is where I am."
1: Lay open your soul to Him,
0: and it's and it doesn't necessarily have to be because I know I grew up with this thinking, you know, asking forgiveness, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying don't do that. Um, What I'm saying is that's not the only thing that prayer is good for. It's not just for asking for petitions and asking for forgiveness, like. It's communication with God. And so, so, you know, people always say, if you go to a marriage counselor or whatever, communication is the key, right, Mm -hmm. to a good marriage, a a good relationship, communication is the key. Well, you're in the best relationship ever with God, so communication is the key. key. So be open and, and honest with him, because he knows anyway. So lay it all out there. I just thought this was really, really good. Um, I know for me, some of the times I have felt closest to God is just on my commute into Dallas or whatever. You know, I'm driving in the car for an hour or so and just talking with Him and letting Him know this is where I'm hurting. This is what I want. This is what I'm feeling. This is, you know, this is where I'm weak and I don't know what to do. Maybe a little help. (laughs)
1: Right. You know,
0: that that type of of communication, it doesn't have to be a formalized, you know, in Christ's name I pray, amen, type of thing, as we have come to formalize all our prayers. Lord, we beseech thee. (laughs) Guide, guard, and direct us. (laughs) Lead us in your paths. You know, I mean, we've got all our little little prayerisms, Um, and maybe sometimes it'd be good to be conscious enough not to include any of those. Like, maybe... Maybe think in terms of, you know, I'm talking to my dad. Yeah. How would I talk to my dad? Yeah. I beseech thee, O oh Father, yeah, does that, do you do that with your dad? Or It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Okay, number 67. Resolved after afflictions, to inquire in what ways am I now the better for having experienced them? What good have I received by them? What benefits and insights? do i now have because of them
1: so this is a mind rightly focused on the reason for afflictions right this is a mind that understands that afflictions are there for our good right and so his 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 resolution is after every problem i have every affliction i'm going to ask myself how am i better because of it what what have i learned what benefits have i gained Right? Because of the affliction. There's eternal perspective versus versus temporal perspective. And it can be any affliction. That's a big that was a big one for me. I love that one.
0: Yeah. And so the last one that I chose is the last one on the list. (laughs) Number 70. Let there be something of benevolence in in all all that I that I speak. And, you know, James tells us the tongue is a, uh, it's a, it, it is a deceitful thing, right? right. And, it, and it's, it, uh, it can do all kinds of destruction, but it can also be a great source of blessing. Amen. And so uh, in being benevolent in your speech, mm. that can be—because uh, it's so easy to say something because you know you're going to get a laugh out of it or you know that you're going to get some praise because of it, or you're going to sound smart in some way and impress. I mean, right. there's all these things that we do, even like off the cuff. Like we say things that are off the cuff, and we can break hearts. We can hurt feelings without even realizing it, right? Until it's too late. And... uh hmm. So there's something to this, you know, think before you speak. But what he's saying is make sure that the things that you speak, all that I speak, is something benevolent or loving or gracious or will have a benefit uh, to somebody. Not because it's great words of wisdom, but because it's nice. You know, uh, big Doctor Who fan, right? (laughs) So one of the things that this last... um, the last doctor on the show was big about was be kind. Like that was one of his big things in all things, be kind. <laughs> and so even as he was, you know, dying, regenerating, whatever, you know, the doctor does on the show, mm-hmm. um, he was giving, he was saying words of wisdom to his next self. And he was like recording this, like in the computer speaker, he was like giving all these things that you should do. One of them was like, don't eat Pez. But anyway, he's going through the list, and the very last thing, of course, was, and always, uh, always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. And I thought that was just a brilliant uh, little statement. You know, try to be nice, but never Never fail fail. to be kind.
1: Wow, it's powerful. So I thought that fit in. (laughs) Well, those are Jonathan... Uh, Edward's resolutions, and again, you can go online. You can check them out for yourself. But we uh, we thought they were pretty powerful, and uh, the focus of God's glory above everything else rightly sets the perspective for all of these resolutions, and the understanding that we can't do them, God has to do them in us is pretty powerful. Too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love that. But anyways, thank you, David. And, thank uh, you, man. You uh, you want to do some news or what? Yeah, time? let's do it. All right, let's do it. And now, the news. So you're a comic buff, right? Sure. Favorite superhero of all time. Oh,
0: man. Superman.
1: It's going to change. Do you know why?
0: Don't tell me. (laughs) Please don't tell me that they're doing something
1: politically correct with Superman. Jesus Christ stars in an upcoming DC (laughs) comic series. (laughs) Now it's going to be Jesus, man. (laughs) It's not going to be Superman anymore. Marvel and DC Comics. Superman is a Jesus model, by the way. Yeah, me. he is. Uh, this is from Relevant Magazine. Marvel and DC Comics are the big two, as they are known in comic book industry, tend to shy away from actually depicting real religious figures like God and Satan. Usually they'll create a loose analogy like Mephisto, right? Or Superman. Or Superman. Or, you know, Dark Side, Or, you know, what what's a... Uh, What's the god? Thor, Silver Surfers, uh, <laughs> Silver Surfers boss. I forget his name. Anyways, those guys. But now they are creating a new superhero. You might already be familiar with him. In fact, you may well have him have let him into your heart. That's right. Jesus Christ is coming to rescue. Uh, coming to the rescue, an upcoming series called The Second Coming from DC. Uh, imprint. Wow! Witness to the return. Witness the return of Jesus Christ as he is sent on a most holy mission by God to learn what it takes to be the true Messiah of mankind be, by becoming roommates with the world's favorite savior, the all-powerful superhero Sunman, the last son of Crispex. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> when Christ returns to Earth, he's shocked to discover what what has become of his gospel. Oh. And now he aims to set the record straight. Oh, this
0: is like, this is painful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> kidding you. That's literally happening. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, serious about this. Yeah. Uh, so the creator, he says, he, he says this, and this is very interesting. is Mark Russell. Uh, it says the story will follow Jesus's friendship with Sunman, a stand-in for Superman, as two come to grips with the different approaches to saving the world. The Christian religion doesn't really base itself on what he taught, particularly in the modern evangelical megachurches. He told the outlet, "Yeah, stay in your lane, buddy." Uh, they have him more as a mascot on T-shirts to prove they're on the winning team. Second coming is about Jesus coming down and being appalled by what he sees has been done in his name by Christianity in the last 2,000 years. He goes by a megachurch, and they have a billboard of his Tom Brady-looking Jesus Christ throwing a football, and he doesn't even recognize himself, which is a metaphor for him not recognizing what's been done with religion that bears his name. That's not a metaphor. That's a direct, like, this guy's terrible. (laughs) I I don't, I mean, I'm going to read it just so I can rip into it.
0: DC Comics, huh?
1: Yeah, DC is just stupid. I mean, they created Superman. That's cool. They created Batman. All right, Batman's the, better the than flash. Superman, by the way. Yeah, whatever. But they're just idiots. Ugh. Anyways, <clears throat> so how trustworthy would you say that you are? Oh, I'm all I'm always trustworthy. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Is there a quiz that I have to take? Is this like Seventeen Magazine quiz?
1: <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. A new study finds that America's trust in clergy is a record low. Oh, really? Yeah. Gallup has been charting America's trust in various professions the last 40 years. In the 80s, most people believed clergy were generally trustworthy, with two-thirds of Americans saying they believed clergy had a higher, very high degree of honesty. But times they say are changing, yes, those hypocrites <laughs> clergy clergy are now the eighth most trusted profession in Gallups poll a record low in a decline that began in 2002 with a first wave of revelations about the Catholic Church's sexual abuse and cover up now just thirty seven percent of Americans think clergy are even uh, are trustworthy among Americans who self-identify as Christians just forty two believe. 42% believe that clergy have a higher very high ethical standards. I think that's a positive thing. I do too actually. Because stop putting your
0: trust in people in humans. Yeah. Like yes, you can like go to someone for counsel and and mm-hmm. guidance and maybe some things like that. But the problem is what we end up doing is we put people in a on a pedestal right. and we treat them like and and for one, if they ever Sin if they ever fall short, which they will, um, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that guy's not a Christian. He's not the he's not the pastor we
1: thought he was. Right, that's nuts. You know, and that's the problem that that's that's the reason why people don't trust the clergy anymore is because we put them on pedestals and they fail. Yeah, because we because we put them humans. up to fail. Yeah, that's right, and that's and, the problem. And, and
0: then they hide all of their yeah sins because it can't. You know, it can't be known. They don't confess up to anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a vicious cycle.
1: So the number one profession of most trusted is uh, medical professionals with nurses. Eighty-four percent of Americans saying nurses uh, have a high ethical standard. Oh. What's funny is the next high school teachers, then cops, then accountants, then funeral directors – I've dealt with more funeral directors than probably most Americans. (laughs) I can tell you that I don't trust them. (laughs) Just saying. About as much as I trust lawyers. But anyways. No offense, funeral director. What exactly
0: do you have to trust a funeral director for?
1: Taking care of your loved one after they die.
0: Making a mannequin out of them? I mean, how hard is that?
1: That's the thing. That's the reason I don't trust them.
0: (laughs) Because they're making mannequins out of you.
1: It's a bogus law. This is my libertarian side coming out, but it's a bogus law that says that I have to embalm my loved one, or they have to be in the ground or in a box before such and such a time, because it's considered a hazardous right. material. Right. That's bullcrap. It's something dead, dying. <laughs> yeah, it smells that, bad. That all you know? dates
0: back to the days of the plague. Yeah, like they still haven't
1: gotten over. Right, the plague. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Just, put, you know, whatever. Stupid. They should give them to me in a box if I want to go bury them on my ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's. Uh, but I'm a libertarian. But that's the way that works. Okay. So, All right. So, uh, anyways, I got one more. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, uh, Alabama got spanked last night by they Clemson. Did. Clemson came out of nowhere and just, bam. Did you hear Coach Dabo Sweeney's comments after the championship? No. It's pretty cool," he says. And the, okay, so again, this is a coach winning a national championship, so whatever. <laughs> they asked him what is what uh, the joy he felt, and he said, "For me, joy comes from focusing on Jesus, others in your uh, focusing on Jesus, and others before yourself. There are so many other coaches that are deserving of a moment like this." Uh, and then later on, they asked him about his uh, what part his faith had to do in his in his life, and he mm-hmm. says. Uh, that's the easiest question I've had all day. He says to me, that's the priority of my life. I made a decision when I was 16 to have a relationship with Christ. And that was a game changer for me. That's because of the foundation that's become the foundation of my life. So he's on national stage and he's, yeah, he's really hammering Christ. Awesome. He says to me, if there's really hope for the future, there's power. In the present to deal with whatever is in your life. That's what my relationship with Christ did for me. It gave me the ability to hope beyond my circumstance. It's the greatest accomplishment I've had at this point to see my three sons know Christ. Hmm. Let there be something of benevolence in all that I speak. Exactly. That's exactly what he said.
0: (laughs) Very good. I like that.
1: (laughs) Go Clemson. Proud of y'all. So uh, that's all I got, man. That's all you got. That's it. All right. Well, let's hit the road. All right. Let's do it. Get out of here. The
0: Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media. And social networking To go into all the world And proclaim the good news to everyone To find out more Go to gctnetwork.com Subscribe to the newsletter And stay up to date with all of our shows Including Finding Christ in Cinema And the Secret Fire podcast
1: Visit our website at theonotspodcast.com For show notes and outlines Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio Or your favorite podcast catcher And be sure to rate us Because that helps us reach a larger audience There
0: are several ways you can contact us And leave us feedback Send us email to to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270.
1: Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook using facebook.com slash Theonauts.
0: If you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees, and equipment costs.
1: Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us.
0: All right, Jeremiah, thanks for
1: being here, brother. Thank you, David.
0: This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.
1: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission at gctnetwork.com. This is your Great Commission transmission. You guys are making me look bad in front of God. What's that? Oh, look, it's Jesus, and He said, "Stop it."